Hi, everybody. Hello. This is about a dog. This is Michael. This is Ashley. And we're having fun trying to play with setting up the computer. Oh, my God. Because this really is just us, a laptop, and a microphone. Yeah. And usually... And cats. Yeah, and cats. And one of them named Eleven, who tries to get all up in our business. Um, Pretty affectionate, though. But she needs to go somewhere. Just go. go. Stop. But this... Usually I have like a three count where I do a three (laughs) count with my hand and my brain just said, nope, we're not going to do that today. Yeah, her hand basically said three, one, one, two, two, and then all of a sudden there were five and we started talking. I was like, okay, Uh, three, one, two, five. Okay, here we go. I just started giggling and was like, fuck it. Um, Yeah, we're keeping it in. Who gives a shit? So... This is bothering me. This is going over here because I don't need it in front of me messing with your new computer. New work computer, not new personal computer. I wasn't going to go there, but you kind of did. Yeah, so since our last recording, we've done... We did a show. We did a UKC show. Yeah. With just Rosie, and we did that strategically. Um, and the reason behind that is multifaceted, but the primary reason is with, with UKC shows, their judging of German Shepherds is not as cut and dry as it is with AKC, where there's a uniform type of dogs that will show up to AKC shows. Mm-hmm. And if your dog is of that uniform type, yeah. then you're halfway there. Okay. But with UKC shows, you're getting dogs from various different bloodlines all across the board. and I don't want to imagine what that sounds like that 11 walked in front of the microphone yeah. just now. So it, it, can, it can be a crapshoot when it comes to showing a German Shepherd in UKC, whereas showing a Hamilton, there's one... Standard, Hamilton. I mean, are we not going to discuss the fact that at the same time that you said crapshoot, I said funky butt referring to yeah. 11? That was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, the show was interesting. Um, we went to a venue that we had tried to actively avoid. Uh, I think it, we hadn't been there in like about maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. Uh, the last time we were there was December of 2019. So yeah, two two. Over three two years. years. Over yeah. two years. Maybe even three. 2020, 2021, 2022. But, no. Well, we went in 2022. Yeah. So, yeah, so two years. Yeah. Two and... Not even two and a half, but two and a quarter years. Yeah. Um, and the reason behind that is multi... Again, multifaceted. I mean, we can make an entire episode out of the reasons <laughs> that we don't go... We, we, we don't talk about Cortland. <laughs> yeah, very much of we don't talk about Cortland. We don't talk about Cortland. Um, Cortland is kind I of I wish a, we had more fans that'd make a song out of that. Yeah. Cortland's kind of a mixed bag when it comes to us where, you know, we can have good days, we can have bad days, and then we can have what the fuck just happened days. And then they can also be combined into one, which is loads of fun. I kind of think that happened on... What was the day that Rosie cleaned up? Was that Sunday? Sunday. Yeah. Sunday was one of those where it was a good day combined with what the fuck? 
Yeah, Ashley made the mistake of wanting to go to the show and say, like, okay, we'll show and then go home. And no. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a running joke of saying, on a Sunday, on just saying, hey, I want to go home early. Yeah. You don't say that because you'll end up winning either the breed or the group or something that will make you stay longer. It's I like to call it the curse of victory. Because what ends up happening is you have to stay for best. And that means you stay later. I mean, I don't think we got home... It had gotten dark. So, I think we got home on Sunday around like 6.30, 7 o'clock or something like that. Yeah, but I'd heard for this particular show, it had been running long. Long. I mean, Um, we're we're talking like war and peace length. Yeah. Friday, no one got out of there until it's like, we weren't there, but we'd heard that somebody got out of there like at 11.30 or so. Yeah. Um, And then Saturday, we didn't get home until about, we actually didn't get home and settled till 9. Yeah, it it was like 9.30. Yeah. And we'd been there at 10 a.m. Yeah. And then Sunday. Long day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But Rosie did well. She got um, show one. She got a group third. For Saturday, she got a group third. Mm-hmm. Show two, she got a group second. Mm-hmm. Sunday, show one, she got a group one. And show two, she got a group, group one. one. Yeah. Which means with the new rules that the UKC is put under for grand champion legs, if you win a group, then that means that you get... It counts as half a leg toward a grand championship. Right. Which means that Rosie now has one leg out of five mm-hmm. for her grand championship, um, which is fun. Five legs is an odd chair. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> um, doesn't make sense to me. It it's one of those where I was like, "Yay, shit, we gotta stay." Yep. Um, which I mean, it's a fun ride to be on with a thirteen-month-old puppy. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, um, another thing we definitely need to talk about because our last episode came out about a month ago now. Yeah. Um, the situation with Ukraine and Russia and all of that and how that's impacted the dog world. Because um, when we've discussed things like histories of breeds and things like that, incidences like this are what can help cause a breed to go extinct. Exactly. Um, right now... The FCI, which is like the international governing body for for dog shows and the purebred dog and all of that, they have created a bank account that is directly tied to um, helping out the Ukrainian Kennel Club and the dogs of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um. Almost every single kennel club in the U in the world has taken a very pragmatic approach. Of judges from Russia are no longer allowed to judge internationally. Mm-hmm. This makes total and complete sense. Um, imports of Russian dogs are not allowed to happen. Um, I know there, this just came out from the AKC like yesterday or the day before, and I know there, there's some concern about export pedigrees and all of that stuff, and I think 
what the AKC is going to do is they're probably going to grandfather the dogs that are already in this country mm-hmm. that are currently waiting on export pedigrees and whatnot. Yeah. And say, hey, you guys are already here. Mm-hmm. You got here before the, you know. Every- Shit hit the fan, basically. Yeah. So we'll honor it, but for the dogs going forward, imports of Russian dogs stop. Mm. Um, now that what makes things unique about the U.S. though, unlike elsewhere in the world, the AKC is just a registering body. They are yeah. not directly linked to the federal government. Um, so if they say, "Hey, we're not going to allow Russian imports." Yeah. That does not correlate to the USDA. So the federal government could feasibly say, yeah, we're still going to accept them. Mm-hmm. So that does not hold any sway into that. Right. Um, and that also means, I, I don't think I've heard anything from the UKC on whether you can UKC register them mm-hmm. or not. Um. But the main focus needs to be on the humanitarian crisis and the war that is going on and the invasion of a sovereign nation and holding Russia accountable. And people are like, well, it's just Putin. Well, not really. You know, he's part of the problem. He's part of the problem. His propaganda machine has fueled the general public in Russia into believing that this is something that is appropriate. Well, some of the general public of Russia. Well, yeah, but a lot of the... I mean, it's like us Americans, you know. There are some who are drinking the Kool-Aid, and there are some who are, like us, not. But the thing is, though, if... You cannot protest that in Russia now, because there's a new law in place that says that if you protest that, anything that... The Russian government does at any point. You mean openly? Openly protest it. Yeah. Gone. You are in prison. Hmm. There are Russian police that are searching phones, people's phones on the street, and checking to make sure that you do not have social media things on your phone. Um, yeah, it's it's bad. Mm. It is really, really, really bad. So. What we're going to do, we're going to post a link to the FCI's um, message and whatnot about, and bank information. So if you want to donate to the FCI bank account, please do so. It is going directly into the Ukrainian Kennel Club and will be taken care of and all of that every little bit always helps in this particular situation it does and you know stories and reports are coming in of people carrying their 80 pound German shepherds Hmm. 10 20 miles just to get them over the border or even longer so yes it is impacting people but it's also impacting pets it's impacting everyone really agriculture it's impacting so many things um and like Michael said, 
war does play a huge role in whether breeds live or die in a particular country and there are native Ukrainian breeds, there are native Russian breeds, that could be severely impacted because a lot of times with the native Ukrainian breeds and native Russian breeds, they're not very popular and those breeds are going to be hit the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, so please help them out as much as you can. But we're going to talk about a relatively popular breed. Oh, we're, we're that that I thought I heard a segue go by. Yeah, Look at beep that. beep. <laughs> um, we're gonna and this also kind of help. It kind of works because this is a breed that you know has a great survival story and the dedication of people helped to bring it back. Well, in that case, I think I need to ask, what breed are we covering, dear? We're covering the Basenji. Basenji. I always thought that sounded like some type of Pokemon ninja. <laughs> Go, Basenji! Shadow attack! <laughs> I apologize to any Basenji owners or breeders, by the way, for my Basenji nonsense. Basenji used yodel. It was super effective. <laughs> and I'll explain why in a minute. <laughs> you have not played that game in a while. No, I, I haven't. Hope you, no, no, you haven't. I should know, because I've been the one accessing the Switch while someone goes night-night. I know. And, and oh yeah, that's another thing as to why we haven't done anything and all of that is... We've been distracted, what with, you know... Well, I mean, I've been distracted mostly with, you know, work and showing and trying to figure out what I want to do next week on my birthday, so... Yeah, yeah and I've just been exhausted... Well, yeah, I mean, you're still recovering, so... Yeah, I'm still recovering, I'm still getting used to this new med, and, yeah, it's kicking my ass. But, anyway... If, if you can get it in your system, considering your... Uh, oh, shut Your up. gag reflex tends to reject it. He's like, I'm taking this pill, your body... Nope! <laughs> Spits it right the fuck out. Well, my body, like, it, the moment it touches my mouth, it goes, we're gonna dissolve down, we're gonna make it really bitter, so... <laughs> well, don't let it touch your... T- Seriously, there's a little thing, you take it, and you put it... Above your tongue and down the, the, the no. esophagus. Okay. Anywho. It's not that difficult. Instead, We're... something happens, and next thing you know, you hear this in the kitchen. Me going, damn it! <laughs> Swearing. All right, so back to the... Giving me dirty looks that I don't appreciate. Back to the Basenji. <laughs> it was super effective. Um, I'm going to give you some of my sources, and my sources yes. may be a little bit oddballish this time. Cite your sources. What did you use to do your research, everybody? Which, by the way, in all things, do your research, do your homework. Um, I kind of went down a Discovery Plus rabbit hole. A rabbit hole? Um, <laughs> if you guys are anything like me and were obsessed with dog breeds, in the late 90s and early 2000s, there was a little show called Breed All About It. And they covered various different dog breeds. I clearly did not watch enough Animal Planet in the 90s. And Breed All About It is my sor- is one of my sources. Mm-hmm. It's available on Discovery Plus. It is Season 2, Episode 6. <laughs> on the Discovery Plus app, which Ashley has. Yes, I do. Mainly because I am obsessed with Crikey, it's the Irwins. Yes, yes, yes. I Watching tend to be... back episodes of... Dr. Pole. Dr. Pole is not on Discovery. It doesn't matter. You're still watching it. Um, but I'm, like, watching back episodes of The Little Couple. Oh, I miss, I miss those yeah. two. Jen and Bill. 
And my other source is the Basenji Club of America. Of course. Hmm. So, if I say something out of turn or whatever, please don't come after me. Well, I mean, don't... We're not looking to hate. We're looking to educate. So, by all means, you know, if you have further information, please kindly and politely let us know. Um, we'll be more than happy to uh, make any corrections in the next episode, if needs be. Yep. So I'm this... sure that's somebody else's slogan I just used a minute ago. I've never heard mm. anybody else. It sounds like something Philip Fromm would say, though. I felt really bad mm. doing it. It sounded like a guidance counselor. Ugh. So this is an Ooh. ancient breed from Africa. Ooh. And it still exists in the wild in Africa. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Uh-huh. This breed is considered to be what's known as a pariah type or primitive. Pariah as in it is like not well liked? It's a it's a class of dog breeds. It's very similar to a breed that we've covered before, like the Carolina dog. Right. Um, it's very similar like in ancestry to like native street dogs in India. It's very similar to a lot of what are known as land race breeds that kind of mm-hmm. just develop based on the area mm-hmm. and primitive meaning that there's really not a lot of other breeds that have influenced them mm-hmm. and that they've allowed to exist kind of isolated off into a bubble um very much like Sholo eats quintley's um uh canaan dogs and a couple of others where necessity determine their function and it just kind of worked that way Mm. and it can trace its roots back to thousands of years um there have been cave paintings in libya that have just depicted basenji like dogs as far back as 6000 bc gracious and there's a reason why i'm saying basenji like because the likeness of them and this is also goes into where Basenji-like dogs have been found on Egyptian tombs yeah. and funeral scenes and reliefs and their forms of art. Yeah. And the likeness is a smaller dog that is usually like under a chair, mm-hmm. and it has the tail that is curled mm. multiple times. Um, the history kind of switch goes across several countries in Africa and several native tribes. The modern Basenji was originally known as a Congo Terrier because it kind of has a terrier-like look. Mm-hmm. And the name changed to reflect the, the true nature of the breed and the tribe that it is most known to be with, with which is the Bashili tribe. Forgive us if we mispronounce. Yep. The first Basenjis were exhibited at a dog show in the UK, and they were called Lagos Bush Dogs, or Congo Terrier. <laughs> and then they were exhibited in Crufts in 1912 and 1913 as the Niam Niam Dog. <coughs> yeah. And that the 19- just sounds funny. Yeah. In the 1920s is when people started importing Basenjis to the UK, and then in the 19- and then in 1937 is when the first Basenji is imported into the U.S. The first 
British breed standard of the breed is approved in 1942, and that is when the Basenji Club of America is founded as well. And then in 1943 is when the AKC accepts the breed as a fully recognized breed. This is me glaring in Hamilton Stovar. Oh, here we go. This is this is one of those breeds that did not have to go through the FSS process mm-hmm. because of the time where it was imported. Right. If a breed was imported prior to, I think, the 1980s, mm-hmm. it did not have to go through the miscellaneous process or the FSS process. A club was founded, they wrote the breed standard, and then they were accepted in the AKC the next year. Hmm. Which does not seem very fair, especially for fully recognized FCI breeds. <laughs> do, 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 do. do you want me to put the soapbox away that you've been sending on there, yeah, dear? Yeah, please. You know, that, that'd be great. <laughs> I don't know. Something tells me it might come out again. It might. <laughs> <sighs> Remind me of that cross stitch thing that is directly behind you and what it says. <laughs> I do not dispute profanities. I enunciate them clearly like a fucking lady. There you go. <laughs> okay. Deserves to be in your office. So the first Basenji to ever win the Hound Group at Westminster is champion Reveille Reup. Call him as Uppity. And he was bred and owned. That sounds something military based, honestly. I don't know. Well, that's something you hear, like, a military, Reveille, Reveille, you know. You're going to have to talk to the breeder owner. Okay, all right. Yeah, um, yeah sure, I'll get right on that. <laughs> so <laughs> Got him on speed dial. She's local. Um, <laughs> so, Elpity was bred and owned by the amazing Damara Bolte. She just celebrated her 90th birthday, like... Wow. A few months ago, mm-hmm. and she's from Virginia. Woo-hoo. Wow! Hey, local. And she is part of an amazing project that is mentioned and documented in the episode of Read All About It. Um, hmm? I just looked it up just so I could back up my assertion. Mm-hmm. The very definition: a signal sounded, especially on a bugle or drum. To wake personnel in the armed forces. Example. Reveille was at 0430 hours. So what was the dog's name? Reveille Re-Up. So Reveille is the kennel name. And, okay, Re-Up means that you're re-enlisting in mm-hmm. the military. So it's a military theme. Okay, I was right. Mm. Alright, fine. Tongue out and everything. So in 1987, there, so, in the 80s, there was a problem with... Basenji's in the health area. They had health problems? Yeah. They had um, a couple of genetic health issues. And so the there were a few people, four people mm-hmm. in particular, that decided to go to the Democratic Republic of Congo in 1987. Mm-hmm. Those four people were John Kirby, Dan Rebolti, Mike Work, and Dr. Stan Carter. Now, for anybody that knows anything about the Democratic Republic of Congo, it's not the most stable environment politically. 
No, not really. So it is, it is a dangerous thing to do, and props to them. So what they did is they went over to the Congo to try and bring more genetic diversity Mm -hmm. to save the breed. Because at the rate that it was going, there really wasn't a lot of genetic diversity going on. Mm -hmm. And the breed was going into a bottleneck issue Mm. that could have caused the breed's extinction. Wow. So, they basically saved the breed. Mm -hmm. And not only did they save it... They brought back a color that had gone extinct in the breed. Wow. Good for them. The brindle color had gone extinct mm. everywhere else. So if you have a brindle basenji, then that means that that dog is a direct descendant to the dogs that one of those four brought back to the U.S. Wow. And then those dogs were then bred and continue on the lineage. And I think they've also been, like, imported into the UK, into Europe, and Australia, New Zealand. Like, they've covered the globe. Australia, that came out of you. Did you hear that just now? No, I did not. (laughs) Yes, you did. So, (laughs) the top winning brindle... uh, Top winning Basenji, I think the you meant. The top winning Basenji of all time... Okay. See, I'm paying attention. ...is Champion Zendika's Johnny Come Greatly, Junior Courser, is a brindle and white dog that can trace his roots back to the dogs that were brought back in the 1987 and 1988 rescue missions. Wow. And he has a nice little title at the end of his name. JC, which is Junior Courser. Yeah. Meaning that he compete competed in lure coursing. Oh. Yep. And the first Basenji twin best in show at Crufts happened in 2001. Wow. And it was champion Jethard Sidavant. Again, apologies for any mispronunciation. Yeah. And they... What is amazing about this project to bring more dogs over and improve the genetic diversity and all of that is the AKC. I'm not sure about the UK or any other kennel clubs and stuff like that, but I know that the AKC has a special project for certain breeds. Mm -hmm. The Basenji is one of them. And I think the Saluki is another one where if you import one from their home country or their native land or whatever. Yeah. Then it is considered to be purebred. Hmm. And can then go on to be registered. Okay. Instead of saying, oh, well, this dog is not pure enough. Mm. No. That's... They have... There's an agreement... Bless you, Eleven. I didn't know you had thoughts on the matter, kid. There's an agreement... In place with the AKC, and this still happens. Um, the most recent time that this happened was in 2009, mm-hmm. where more imports from the Democratic Republic of the Congo arrived in the U.S. 
and African imports continue on to this day hmm. because the Basenji breeders were one of the first breeders to realize that genetic diversity mm-hmm. is of critical importance into maintaining a healthy breed. Wow. And realizing that if you get into population bottlenecks or popular sire syndromes, yeah, yeah. things like that, it's really, really, really hard to breed out of that. Mm. Without having to go into... A phone call, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Without having to then do something like we mentioned in our previous episode Mm -hmm. of using another breed altogether. Yeah, yeah. To bring in critical genetic diversity. But thankfully, this breed still exists. Mm Mm-hmm. There's an insect that's floating near your head. Oh. Um, but this breed still exists in the Congo. And those dogs that are there, because of the fact that they are being used and hunted and all of that stuff, you're still getting really strong, hardy dogs mm-hmm. from these imports. Right. And they still have the characteristic thing that Basenjis have, and that is that they don't bark. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. Does this go back to your Pokemon joke? Yes. Okay. I thought it might. Basenjis are also known as the barkless dog. A lot of people assume that barkless equals mute. Mm-mm. No. That is not the case at all. I mean, it, it just basically isolates one particular factor. It doesn't mm-hmm. take into account anything else. Right, and it, and it isolates the fact of they don't bark like a typical dog would bark. Mm-hmm. They can make like a noise, and mm. they can make a yodel. And the yodel, in many cases, is kind of a high-pitched scream. Oh, my. So, when people say, oh, Basenjis would make amazing apartment dogs, that's nice in theory. Mm-hmm. But if you get a Basenji that likes to scream, then it turns into a bad concept. Mm. And Wouldn't want to have an apartment with that dog. Right. And a lot of sighthounds, traditionally, have been bred to be relatively silent mm-hmm. when they're hunting. Yeah. But that does not mean that they cannot learn to vocalize or that they won't vocalize or anything like that and make various different vocalizations. It's just that Basenjis will not make a traditional bark. Right. They can still whine. They can still growl. They can do pretty much everything but bark. (laughs) And size-wise, they are great for apartment dogs because they're... Kind of a smaller dog. They're about the same size as a beagle. Maybe, but you don't want to have anybody too close by if it's going to like yell like that. Yeah, but... Nothing against the breed. I'm just being you know, pra- mildly pragmatic about it. Right. And you also have to remember, this breed is bred to be a sight hound. And bred to hunt. So if you have a dog... If you have a Basenji in New York City, 
And you then want to take that dog to Central Park. You better not let it off lead. Yeah. Because it ain't coming back. Nope. Because if it sees a squirrel... It's going to go after it. It's gone. The squirrel's going to die. And the dog could get into a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. They... As a breed, they can kind of do it all. They're very versatile. Mm-hmm. They can compete for lure coursing titles that are only available to sighthounds. Yeah. And that means they can also earn the DC title, which means dual champion. Right. Where you can get a confirmation championship mm-hmm. and then a lure coursing championship. And then that means if you get both, that means DC. Yeah. Um... Basenjis have gone on to earn agility, obedience, rally titles, and many other sport titles. Mm-hmm. It's just when people say, "Oh, Basenjis would probably make a great apartment dog, great apartment dog," because they don't bark. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. A well socialized, well exercised Basenji that has a good outlet, and is allowed to run a little bit, get some energy out, mm-hmm. probably would make a good apartment dog. Yeah. But a Basenji that is cooped up Mm-mm. for 10 to 12 hours a day... No, 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 no. It's going to go crazy. It, their destruction is going to happen. Yeah. And it's... It's going to happen, but not on the level of, you know, some other breeds like Border Collies where they're just going to go batshit nuts. Yeah. But a lot of times when sighthounds get bored is when they start getting loud because they realize that their voice is really fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. And they get some they get some sort of reaction out of you. Yeah. So sighthounds have that little button push ability. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a, it's a thing that's very common in... Scent hounds, sight hounds, and terriers, where they, they'll do something just to get a rise out of you, mm. whether it's positive or negative, and they don't give a shit. Like, they'll just sit there and go, you thought that was funny. I'm going to do that again. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over and over and over and over and over. Yeah, wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. And I've known people that have had, that have Basenjis, and... They make excellent pets, mm. but just like any breed that we've ever covered, they're not for everybody. Mm. Do your research. Do your homework. They do shed. Mm-hmm. They can be loud at times. They need an outlet. These are not a breed that are just going to sit on the sofa and watch TV with you all day. No. They need an outlet. Um, they need to be kept at a very, very, very healthy weight. Mm-hmm. Um, because what people have started to see is that people that are keeping them in apartments or keeping them as family pets are starting to overfeed them, and you're starting oh, no. to get yeah, and you're starting to get some back issues coming into the breed. Mm. So you really have to keep them fit. You have to keep them healthy. You cannot let them get overweight. Um, another thing to take into consideration with the Senjis 
they are very similar to other primitive breeds in mm. that females will only have one heat cycle a year. Mm-hmm. That's just how they roll. Okay. Um, as opposed to other domestic dog breeds that will have, based on the breed, will have them every 10 months or every six months or whatever. Right. They will generally only have them once a year. Wow. One um, and done. So that is something like if you want to keep your dog intact with Basenjis, with females, mm-hmm. you only have to deal with a heat cycle once a year. Yeah. Which is relatively easier than other breeds, say like a German Shepherd, where they're going to go every six months. Yeah. Um, but they're, I'm not trying to sell them short. They're a great dog. They are a fascinating breed, especially knowing that you can get one from Africa. Yeah. I mean, that that to me is super cool, and that they're still being used for what they're bred to do in Africa. (laughs) So the mouse hits the floor. Mouse hits the floor. Um... And I just, I I think that they're a fun breed to learn about in terms of history and learn about what the dedication of breeders have done to save this breed and realize that there's a problem. Mm -hmm. We need to solve it. Yeah. Good on them for doing that, though. Mm -hmm. And good on the AKC for realizing these people are doing the right thing. We're not going to put in any barriers in their way. We're going to make sure... They are doing the right thing. And I think they had the approval from the parent club to do this, mm-hmm. which helped the AKC's decision. Right. Um, now, knowing that they are about the size of, say, a rat terrier, mm-hmm. very similar in look to a rat terrier, would you own one? I don't know. Um... They sound kind of too high maintenance for me. Well, I mean, they're not really high maintenance. They're really well, not. Well, I mean, you said it yourself. They can't remain in crates for over 10 hours and stuff like that. I mean, our kids don't remain in crates for 10 hours. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, that's a lot of activity. I don't know if I could actually give the dog the adequate amount of attention that it requires. Mm-hmm. Um, again, being pragmatic as usual. I mean, granted, if it's, like, a small little thing and we're, like, I mean, we'd have to do a lot of events to keep it occupied, wouldn't we? No, not really. Well, I mean, think about it. We can't exactly (laughs) say, I want to own one, we're bringing it into this house. This has to be a joint decision. Yeah. So would you own one? Out of the sighthounds, there's very few sighthounds that I would actually own. Mm-hmm. Just because, for whatever reason, I'm not really fond of the look. There are things that just don't really appeal to me. Yeah. Visually. Yeah. Basenjis are up there with one of the sighthounds that I would own. Oh, wow. Okay. Because of the versatility. Because they can do... They can kind of do it all. So I guess we would own one then, huh? <laughs> 
now that's what not, I say doesn't really play a factor then. <laughs> that that does not mean that I'm going to go out searching for Basenji breeders and bring home a Basenji. Well, I mean, that, let's face it. A lot of the times with us, you know, all it really boils down to is I like this particular breed. I want one, and then a couple years. But, I'm, I'm sharing my office with one of our dogs. This is not that case. Okay. It is It is a simple yes or no question like we've done for a while now. <laughs> Would you own one, yes or no? I, and don't, I, don't, I, think, I don't think so. And I, given, given the chance, given the opportunity, I would... Just letting that sink in there. It got yeah. real quiet. <laughs> I would own one. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I'm going to go out shopping for one? No. Not today. Maybe in the future. No. <laughs> we don't know. No. By but... the way, I think a, a, a kid to bug. Okay. Bug bug dead. But the, there are certain breeds that I know for a fact that I would definitely go out shopping for. Hmm. That I say, yes, I would own one. Basenji's, yes, I would own one, but would I go out and shop for one? Probably not. Yeah. Um. So. Yes. Rate, review, subscribe. Oh, yes. Happy Jazz. Can't forget my little cheat sheet here. On Twitter, at aboutadog1. On Instagram at about a dog pod, the email about a dog pod at gmail.com. Facebook is uh, at about a dog pod. You had to think about it. <laughs> I'm also hiding back a sneeze. Oh, yeah, don't do that on the, the microphone. You, you want me to sneeze block you like this? No, I'm good. Okay, all right. So, with that, go hug your dog. Go hug your dog. They love you. Yes, they do, unconditionally. <laughs>